Oh. Hmm? I just... I didn't expect you to have a mustache. You hate it. No, I like it. I guess, how do I explain this? A metal bucket is, on a certain level, a kind of mustache, in that it's a specific facial accessory. So it's kind of like, do you guys have the phrase hat on a hat? Ahoy hoy, everybody, and welcome to another Talking Simpsons Network interview. Uh, I am not on this interview, but I am still here for the intro. Bob Mackey, who is here with me today. Uh, hey, it's Henry Gilbert, and bubble up a dub dub to all. <laughs> oh, that means so much to me. And yeah. yes, uh, Henry interviewed a very special person. Please tell everyone out there, Henry, who it was, who was on this interview, in case they did not read the title of this podcast. <laughs> uh, yes, you know, out of the blue, we got offered uh, an interview with Spencer Grammer, the voice of Summer on Rick. Rick and Morty, uh, Morty's sister on the show. She's she was really great. It was awesome to talk to her. But this was you know promoting the new season that just premiered, so it was really cool to chat about that. And uh, of course, she is the daughter of Sideshow Bob as well. Oh, so. come now, Henry. <laughs> so <laughs> it was really fun not just to ask her about her craft, but also her favorite Rick and Morty moments. But also hearing uh, memories of being a kid growing up with a father who is a oh. major guest star on The Simpsons. What if your dad was Frasier? Yeah, what if? I- uh, but yeah, so we just wanted to share this with all you guys on the free and Patreon feed at the same time. And, you know, if you enjoy this interview, we've done tons of other awesome ones. Uh, and you get to hear them early or some that are only exclusive to the Patreon at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. In case you're wondering why I'm not on this, I wanted to be on this. But during these uh, quarantine times, we're trying to prevent like unnecessary travel. And I didn't want to come here just for a uh, 15 minute interview, even though it's for, you know, a person that we're glad to talk to. We like to do at least two recordings for this. So Henry handled this all by himself and i really appreciate that oh you're welcome and yeah it, it just fell it fell on an inconvenient day like in between two recording days so yes thanks for listening to this little intro now uh, without further ado here is henry's interview with spencer grammar of rick and morty rick and morty was your first you know regular role in voice acting and I was wondering, you know, have you have you learned a lot over the last, you know, seven years of, of voicing uh, this character? Oh, in terms of voice acting, yeah, it's definitely been. I mean, I guess I've sort of learned the same for on camera acting. You know, I, when I first started working in that capacity, I definitely had somebody tell me, like a director of photography, tell me that this is my mark and that's your light and like you need to hit them. <laughs> so I was like very young at the time, and I'd say it's similar in the way that you're doing voice acting because you start to learn certain sounds like P's or S's can pop or sound sloppy. So you learn how to pull back. You learn how close you can be to a mic, to not move, all kinds of interesting things that you don't realize get picked up with a microphone when you're in a room. And you get used to trying to figure out new ways to build on top of each choice you make in in the booth for your your character. I definitely will be working on something, Justin will have an idea, I'll meld that into my performance, and then I'll think of probably something different than that, and it sort of, it builds and builds on that experience. And, you know, after like seven years, do you feel a real kind of ownership over the character of of Summer? Yeah, I mean, I'd say, yeah, there's, as I've gone along and I, you know, watch the show a lot now too, I can definitely see the evolution of Summer in a lot of ways through the episodes and 
and through her her character. And yeah, even when I'm doing interviews, I feel like I fall more into a when I'm talking about summer, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm like I'm acting as summer half <laughs> the time. Um, it has gotten much easier for me to know, especially since we've been recording more frequently now. Um, for a while, we did take a lot of breaks, and I would have to kind of try to. It took me a little bit of time to kind of work my way back in. But you know, we've we've uh, we've all grown together. Uh, yeah, I guess the new schedule like they there's 70 episode renewal instead of the usual mm-hmm. 10 so you're you're probably living in summer a lot more <laughs> these days yeah yeah and we have more we've had more well you know the avant-garde second half of uh season four <laughs> has definitely like made me think about summer more i've had more interviews uh, regarding a second season premiere in the fourth season you know so mm-hmm. we've definitely had a lot more time to think and talk about it along with also we just have more episodes you know so now there's more to watch <laughs> You know, what What do you think of, like, how the Rick and Morty fans have kind of grown to embrace the character of Summer as, as she's changed over time? I do think that Summer is a character who is very much a part of the, um, what do I want to say, like, the zeitgeist, sort of what's going on in, in social circumstances. I mean, you know, pandemic aside from that, I suppose. Although I feel like Summer would be ready for any kind of scenario at this point after living with Grandpa Rick and oh, yeah. I think also she can embody that rebellious teen acting out semi knows everything but also is at the beginning of her life um, kind of a way I, I just really think it's a, a fun age to play it's definitely it feels like where I kind of stopped growing up to be honest so <laughs> In one of the recent episodes, they tease, you know, that a time where Summer goes off to college and is no longer 17. Do you, do you see a day where you're, you're not playing a high schooler anymore? <laughs> Maybe in like an alternate reality, but I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the very similitude of all animation is you never grow up, right? Yeah. You yeah. always stay the same. But there is room for that in Rick and Morty, I suppose. You could have seasons, especially since we have so many where we are different ages, just in general, or at least an episode where we are, you know? You mentioned the alternate timelines. Like, do you have a favorite summer, uh, alternate summer you've played in uh, over the course of all these episodes? Oh my god, I think about this a lot. I don't know. I mean... I feel like Summer's always, I mean, the in the first season where Summer's in the dream, in the in the Inception one, where she's like, let's have an intergen- intergenerational sandwich. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I feel like that was pretty funny. But Summer's kind of the same everywhere, you know? She's a smart ass. I do really love Rick Mancing the Stone, you know, where she just really embraces this like dark side of herself and what's so funny is even within that context you know she's still superficial a little bit like she's like oh I didn't realize you're gonna have a mustache no I mean it's a choice you know like it's there's something so funny in that to me that despite living in a post-apocalyptic world like that yeah at the end of it all everyone's just still human beings you know with weird choices they make oh yeah that one is so great you have so many great lines in that one like the when you kill that guy and say like not because you told me to like that was so funny (laughs) yeah it's so dark i'm gonna kill you now but not because you told me to (laughs) yeah it's so good and i 
yeah, I really, I enjoyed that episode. I mean, the, and there's more. I love the Rattlestar Rick Lactica episode of the last section of four where, you know, Snake Jazz is introduced because, like, I just am such a huge fan of that in general and all that went into that. And I just love that episode. And I, there's some great summer lines in that one as well. And I, I just really, uh, yeah, liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I also was curious, yeah, with Justin Roiland as as an actor on the show, as, yeah. you know, that he has such a spirit uh, of improv too to it, uh, to his delivery. Does does that extend to mm-hmm. how you uh, like to play summer? Or are you pretty locked in on, on the lines? I mean, I stay pretty close to the lines unless it's feeling weird, like unless it's feeling feeling like it's a phrase I wouldn't say or like, you know, I, I feel a lot of the time, like I don't ever call Rick just Rick. I call him grandpa Rick, like <laughs> always or grandpa or, oh my God, grandpa. Like it's funny. And then if like I just said Rick, it would be weird. You know, you, you sort of get used to the cadence of your character and then, you know, but there's of course times where I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And there's little moments at the end where we'll make up stuff or, I mean, I do a lot of screaming, but they do have like a, a library now of some of those, but <laughs> I still enjoy doing a good scream in the booth, you know? Oh yeah. There's, there's so many intense scenes in the show. <laughs> I was wondering how, uh, if it feels like uh, some days are longer than others for the big action episodes <laughs> sometimes but most of the time it's pretty quick to be honest um you get good at knowing how to get stuff done what's funny is the longer lines i do tend to be faster for me to record than just like let's say like a few words that tends to be a little bit more difficult because it might be the button to the end of a joke or it needs a certain kind of delivery to transition into the next sequence of events but i'd say yeah i mean we save always save the screaming or the like the blood curdling screams or the murdering and all those things to the end so you can save your voice kind of but i've gotten pretty good at doing it now that i that it's really uh freeing to be honest to be able to go somewhere and scream like like someone's killing a baby in front of you you know that doesn't happen too often in life so i feel very lucky to like get those screams out you know uh when when you were first uh you know auditioning for this role uh did you expect mm-hmm. you know your first voice acting role would be in a you know a kid's show or did were you expecting a show as as r-rated as rick and morty I mean, to be honest, I had no idea. I just was like, hey, this is cool. Like, I want to get into this thing. (laughs) Can I do animation? Um, I think I'd recorded an episode of Robot Chicken a while back because Seth Green was a friend of my friends and he was like, you should just come on and guest on the show. And I was like, okay, cool. So I did that and I thought that was fun. And I was like, I want to do that more, more of that. And so at the time I was pregnant and I was like, well, I also can't do on-camera work right now. I might as well find something else to work on. Um, and I happened to get this audition for Rick and Morty and I had a little bit of time to work on it. And then when we, when I went into audition and record it, they loved my audition just I think it was you know I just played it as my voice but a little bit maybe nerdier than I tend to be which is a very like loose (laughs) (laughs) like description of that Mm -hmm. um 
And then I, and, and they just really, I went in and I read for them again and I really got along with all of them. And then I ended up doing it. And then a year later, we found out that the show was going to series. It was really exciting that first season. And I, I learned so much, honestly. And that was honestly about like how to, how to record really in, in that time. And now it's a lot easier and I understand the process a lot more, but you know, I didn't like learn. I had to learn on the fly. Um, but I'm so proud of being a part of this show. I think it's so intelligent. And every time I've gotten a script, I felt like, you know, just lucky to be working with such geniuses and entertainment and to be privileged to play a character I enjoy so much. If you'll if you'll indulge me one Simpsons related question, I was curious, yeah. you know, if did you learn anything about the the craft of voice acting from say Sideshow Bob's performance growing up? <laughs> No, he's amazing. I'm a huge Simpsons fan anyway. I watch it all the time. And I always have since I was, since I was young because it's been on forever. And I loved that my dad did Sideshow Bob. I didn't, you know, my dad's sort of a, he's a giant in the entertainment world. And what he's done on The Simpsons is some of the best, I think, voice acting I've ever, ever seen. You know, when he's singing the HS Pinafore, yeah. like, and he's singing opera on a boat. Like, I mean, he, it really exemplifies some of his, his great talent because he's an amazing singer and a musician and actor. And you really get to experience that with, with Sideshow Bob. But yeah, I'm, I, I, of course, love that. And I have, like, a Simpsons Letterman jacket that I've had. Oh, wow. Um, since I was like nine. Wow. Oh. <laughs> and I still have it and it's got like my name on it and like all these like patches of different Simpsons guys. Like but it's from the nineties, like when the Letterman jackets used to be like super cool. <laughs> there weren't like iPhones you'd get. You'd get like a jacket from the show you worked on and it was a very coveted thing that they did. So I have I still have my Simpsons jacket. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> I, I know Royland's a big Simpsons fan. He has to be pretty jealous of that. I have shown him yet but yes of course he is i mean who you can't not be i don't think if you love animation and you work in that field like i i've always watched all kinds like i i grew up watching like eon flux and and daria and you know run and stimpy and beavis and butthead and like you know i was part of that mtv generation and and the simpsons was part of that along with south park and all those shows that was kind of like you know i was a teenager during those times and it really formed my opinion of how far you can go in terms of animation, in terms of your comedy, how you can question how satirical you can be, how, how much you can question the state of our society. And so it's been an incredible influence. Uh, and always people would always say to me, you know, they'd be like, it's cool that your dad's Kelsey Kramer, but <laughs> he plays Sideshow Bob and that's really cool. <laughs> well, so uh, one of my favorite things on Rick and Morty is, you know, the relationship and the interplay between Summer and Beth in this recent season. Yeah. The one where Beth is just chasing after Summer to prevent her from eloping with endless true loves. Like, is it... Is, <laughs> Is it fun to play, you know, this kind of mother-daughter relationship on a show that, you know, is is more known for its uh, the relationship between the two male leads? Rick and yeah, Rick and Morty. Um yeah. yeah, of course. I actually was watching um the ABCs of Beth last night, you know that episode where she goes to Fruity Land? Yes. And I was just thinking like the show is so character-driven and relationship-driven even though we have all of these side things, you know, like it's it's predominantly Rick and Morty going on their adventures, but like there's these really great, deep sort of 
scary, illuminating moments about each of the individual characters and the relationships that they have together that it all it really feels like an ensemble show in so many ways. And yeah, I love to play the Summer and, and Beth work. I think I think what really roots the audience in Rick and Morty is their attention to the fa- familial life, like how important it is that we kind of really relate to every part of this dysfunction in some ways. You know, I mean, I'm sure at some point, I mean, I love the idea that Beth is so much like her father that she was just a really scary child. (laughs) I thought that was so brilliant because, you know, even for Rick, who's like, you know, the most narcissistic, like crazy scientist in the universe who believes in no rules and like anarchic travel through dimensions and time zones and time, whatever, (laughs) Um, time zones, time, time period, time ages, (laughs) he he was scared of his daughter, Beth, because she was a scary child. (laughs) To me, that's pretty funny. And that Beth would therefore like not remember. And then they would come to something and then eventually it's resolved in the end. It's like a beautiful father daughter story, but it's also very terrifying (laughs) what their father story relatability is. You know, being able to see and witness that between Summer and Beth as well is very fun, too. In the uh, premiere episode that just came out, you know, great episode, and then at the end, there's just a line that was clearly done post-animation about, you know, the current situation in there. I I was curious, have you guys been making... Buy things? Yeah. yeah. I mean, have you guys been making other adjustments uh, in, in your recording or changing lines? We do. We got sent microphones wherever we are. Um, and then, you know, obviously I idiotically downloaded Catalina. So whatever program they told me to use didn't work. So it, took, it was way longer for me to find another uh, audio recording program for my computer. But yeah, we'll we'll continue to have pickups. We kind of always do that for the show. It's probably easier for, for Justin. I'm out in the countryside in New York. But I have a great closet. Fully, fully ready. <laughs> for an impromptu recording or an update on a new Rick and Morty episode. So so no worries. You'll still you'll still always get it. <laughs> That's good. Okay. I, I think a lot of fans are feeling comfortable hearing that now. Good. Yeah. No, it's don't worry. We're still making changes. Want you guys to have the best season ever. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you too. Okay, but not because you told me to. Summer! Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.